for you. What do you want? You just get out of here right now. I'm going to call the police. So you got a name? My husband will be home any second. Neil? This for you? Barbara? How do you know my name? How do you know Neil? How do you know my name? How do you know Neil? Butterfly? Pop the tomato, you spent 12 years cleaning up the mess. Are you a good fuck? Yes, you're a good fuck. And a good cook. Neil's wife. Where do you know Neil from? I met Neil in the back of a crowded car. He must have been about 12 years old then. All right, so uh, this is a live reaction to... I, I did not pull up the IMDb page uh, before watching this. Uh, this comes from, I think, uh, unfortunately, maybe when I was under quarantine for COVID, that I was just consuming some, like more movies. I know this is hard to believe, Dave, especially coming from either one of us. More movies than I could even uh, get out in podcast form, where I'm like, well, I've watched everything for a podcast because I can't leave the house. I'm not working. Mm -hmm. So I guess I'll just dabble. And I have a YouTube TV subscription that, unless it's for live sporting events uh, or being one of 12 people that watch this year's uh, Oscars, uh, it is uh, mainly for Turner Classic movies because I seem to remember they have like a streaming app, but I think it is like the old HBO Go where you need to have like a cable. So if I have that, then I might as well just go straight to the source. And uh, thankfully, YouTube TV has an unlimited DVR, which I think it takes nine months for stuff to like roll off, which means mm -hmm. part of my uh, nerdy movie loving <laughs> routine as I wake up in the morning, uh, maybe check emails, uh, see if there's a snarky tweet from Dave uh, that I can then blast him for, uh, and then load up that app and just start uh, recording everything to DVR for the next day <laughs> on Turner Classic Movies. Under the insane idea that I will ever, like, well, I need more movies in my life. Like, I have all these streaming services, but one day I'll, be, I'll need to see. Um, yeah. So what have they been playing for the last nine months? Anything interesting? And I stumble across this movie I don't recognize called Remember My Name, which has Anthony Perkins. That's what grabs me to it because, unfortunately, like uh, most people, I don't think I'm aware of Anthony Perkins, the actor, except as Norman Bates. And that's even being one of the freaks that uh, watched some of the Psycho sequels after Hitchcock's death, uh, where I guess Universal decided that the man's in the grave now. Uh, let's let's mind this <laughs> <laughs> this very particular series because slasher movies are in now. It took 20 years, but let's go back to the Norman Bates. That's my part. only – I think that's the only thing before now I'd ever seen him in. Not so much with Remember My Name, although if you look at the poster, and that's what I was chuckling about, it looks very thriller – Esque. It looks 
Uh, I would say like it predates <laughs> Fatal Attraction, but I guess for this time period, 1978 is maybe aping more uh, play Misty for me. The Clint Eastwood, I think it's his directing debut that came out in the early 70s. Is this is is this poster with like the cigarette hanging out of her mouth? Yep, that, black okay. poster, uh, like blood red. Remember my, my name title. The um, <laughs> the setup here at the top is everyone knows a woman is fragile and helpless. Everyone's wrong. That's Remember my name. That's a great tagline. I love it. <laughs> and and not only that, they double down after the title. Remember my name or else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I did not see that at all. I actually started watching this. No podcast intentions. Not knowing what this was, and it just kind of ambles along. I mean, you quickly mm-hmm. surmise that this woman is stalking Anthony Perkins in some capacity. But they are not very forthcoming about the particulars of why, necessarily. Uh, you just make assumptions, like, okay, there's a prior incident, a prior relationship, uh, because she seems like she sought out Perkins. It's not like she just sees him and finds him so attractive that she decides to engage with this man's established life. She seeks him out on this construction site. She gets a small, like, kind of minimum wage job running a cash register at this uh kind of dollar general like store uh she gets an apartment she flirts with the the guy that's uh i guess is running that particular place like her landlord who's also a cop uh she punches a woman in the private bits she stabs a man with a pencil (laughs) in the neck who's leaning up against (laughs) around her car um and she drinks to excess I've not even got into really anything about what the plot of this film is, and I fell in love. I fell in love hard with this movie, <laughs> I knew you in particular would. with this main character. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't care why she was stalking Anthony Perkins, and I'll be honest, the revelation, such as it is, is really not that big of a deal. No, it is just all Geraldine Page, and just she <laughs> can really hold the screen here with someone that I find. At different times, terrifying, uh, absurd, and extremely sympathetic. <laughs> it's, it is a weird stalker thriller in that way, if you want to call it that. Yeah, it's a it's a very weird movie. I liked it, but it's a very oh, weird movie. Jilding uh, Chaplin. Chaplin. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, pay pay her some respect. She might show up at your house, so you better <laughs> pay the right respects to Miss right. Miss Chaplin here. And it's a it's a very it's a very strange movie in a lot of ways. And, and one of the ways it's very strange is it's lack of release um for people to actually watch this movie the only place you can see it is tcm is turner classic movies it is i believe never... you reached out to me and said hey how'd you watch this and i told yeah. you and you said thank you and i'm like that is of no help to you whatsoever like well no way it, it, it was in help it was a help in one way is that i knew to stop looking at legal sources because like if you can't if you didn't get it from there it's probably not available and i just looked and it's never been released on any home video format ever um, which is crazy given that it's got, you know, relatively well-known actors in it. It's thought of pretty well critically, not amazing, obviously, otherwise it wouldn't be a mic choice, but it's like, it's got a pretty decent reputation. Um, and yet it's only ever been on, on cable television. That's the only time it's ever aired outside of theaters. Um, but Geraldine Chaplin, uh, this is, this is a performance that I'm kind of sad has been forgotten um, cause there, she's doing a lot here. Like I, I love the fact that there's almost this like 
when she's playing a part, when she's trying to be nice, there's this like robotic kind of quality to her voice and her delivery. And you can tell it's put upon and she's trying her best to hold in her her psychosis like she's just like let me contain this and then it has these moments where it comes out whether it be with your you know at your lead character um at his wife when she breaks into the house or at her co-worker um played by Elfrey woodard which was a nice surprise like seeing these well-known actors in this movie also she's the one that gets uh punched and punched in the, in the, in the bits yep. yeah the yep. bits yep not great for her uh yeah and it's just like she is a terrifying character uh, but also, as you mentioned, sympathetic. And I think she becomes sympathetic when, you know, the quote-unquote reveal happens, uh, which the real reveal, like the way it happens, makes no sense. Like, oh, yeah, I, you know, this person I might be pressing charges with, put me in a room alone with her uh, so she can talk to me. <laughs> I don't really see that happening. We're but hug it out. Know. That's yeah. how we're going to handle this. <laughs> exactly. Wait over there by that table. Okay, let's keep this short and sweet, Emily. You cannot go around scaring the shit out of us. You understand that? I can't have that. So just get that straight. Okay? Nobody's getting hurt. I only hurt people by accident, remember? Hey, spider monkey. Look at your hair. It's gray. In your face. You've really been through it, huh? Well, I guess you've been through it too, haven't you? But you look pretty good. Yeah, you look good. You look good. I didn't recognize you with dark hair. But you look, uh... <laughs> well, you look healthy and alive. It's great. You look healthy and alive too. Okay. Spider Monkey, I wrote the speech... It's to you. Do you want to hear it? Well, let me tell you, I'm not really into speeches. I got my wife waiting outside, and I'd like to take her home, so uh, not really. Please? Okay, look, you sit over there, and I'll sit over here, and we'll kind of observe the amenities of this institution. Go ahead. What is it? Okay. I didn't cry when you disappeared. Hold it. I had my reasons for moving away. I had my reasons for getting married again. I thought everything out and I came up with reasons. And believe it or not, I understand how you feel. Hold me. Hold you? Hold me. Hold me. Please. No. Uh-uh. Uh -uh. No. Oh, I get it. You don't want to hold a convict, bitch, huh? Drugged and raped and dirty, you don't want to hold a convict, Hey, what do you want from me? You can't tear out my soul because I've already done that myself. Okay. 
Um, and I think, you know, Anthony Perkins is perfect for this kind of role. Um, some because of his role in Psycho, but he plays very well this type of, he plays a nice guy, um, but there's darkness underneath. Um, he's, you know, made mistakes in his life. He's done things that are not so great in the past, but he covers it with this kind of good guy look. Um, and even the job he does like feels like honorable and feels like a nice thing to do. And he seems to be good to his wife. So when all this stuff comes out with this woman, it feels like, oh my God, there's something sordid going on here. And he plays that really, really well. See, I, I didn't take him, uh, as much of a nice human being because he seems like actually all of the characters here um seem deeply unsatisfied with where they've ended up in in some way whether it's like financially or just you know this this marriage doesn't seem to have much passion in it Mm -hmm. um he stays out the bar uh from what we can see not cheating but it just seems like he just doesn't want to go home he just Whatever it is, it's not scratching that particular itch. And uh, when we're introduced to his wife, I believe she's at her parents' house. And it's like, they're kind of like, oh, is he, you know, late again for work? And yet again, you're thinking like, okay, this appears to be a thriller. Uh, is he the consummate womanizer? Is he Michael Douglas? And is he going to somehow be ensnared in this woman's trap? No, not really. He's just fucking bored. And... I feel like she's <laughs> in some way, even though she is this force of possible violence coming into town that she shakes people out of their bullshit. Uh, because even at that job, there's this petty bullshit, uh, with the weird character as far as like, Hey, you're not, you can't smoke at the, uh, as a cashier, you can smoke anywhere else in the store as a worker, <laughs> but it's a bad look for the cashier to be smoking. <laughs> Keeps grabbing her cigarettes. Um, Jeff Goldblum and a, a strange part here, small role, uh, is basically blackmailed by I guess his mother's past uh, right. of crime, where she keeps sending these convicts <laughs> and now I guess ex-convicts that she knows to his uh, place of business to give them a second chance. Uh, you have a moment where he is uh, I guess gratuitous uh, Goldblum shirtless scene on the beach making out with a woman. And he is stalked as well. The thing that I could see this having, this this just barely made it, uh, Dave. This is 67% on Rotten mm-hmm. Tomatoes. I think most people, good or bad, see this as a curiosity. The variety, it just says variety staff uh, splat from October 2008. So it was not um, something that came out at the time of this release. This calls it incomprehensible. <laughs> um, <laughs> a script that doesn't know how to go from A to B, which in other movies you would think would be a positive uh, review as far as instead of just going from station to station. Uh, I totally agree with that, that. I never really knew. I thought I had the lay of the land, hmm. but I never really knew what this main character's goal was. I thought I knew. Um, she shows up at Anthony Perkins' house, uh, sneaks around uh, for a little bit, and then just after this, she gets bored of the sneaking, she just shows up in this <laughs> woman's kitchen, this woman that he's currently married to, and also does not like to be touched. A stalker that, you know, I think you're getting some sense that she's had some sort of trauma, yeah. uh, some sort of assault previously, which that makes sense in a sort of revenge thriller, but not someone who wants to like put their hands all over other people's lives, <laughs> right. but also doesn't want to be touched or known herself. 
here's here's the actual splat that I looked at for this podcast. This is from Janet Maslin of the New York Times. Mm-hmm. Throughout Remember My Name, the actors work hard to fulfill the surface requirements of scenes that have no dramatic foundation, and the results are often skittish and baffling. Uh, I can see that. I can kind of yeah. see that that take. Um, I, for one, was just happy that I was baffled. Like I felt like I was one of the characters right. when this woman comes to town where I'm like, I don't know what she's up to, but uh, I don't much care for it, although it is fascinating. It's <laughs> yes. very interesting. Compared to my boring life, she's an in- interesting woman. I don't want to know her, though. I want to remain yes. in a distance. <laughs> yes. I, I find this movie so, so interesting because, as, as you said and that first plot says, like it's not your standard thriller. You know, there are things you expect out of, especially, you know, a thriller that's based on romance and or sex and the way it's going to end or the amount of violence that's going to happen. But that's not this movie. She, like, to bring up uh, a movie that everybody knows, unlike Remember My Name. Um, that's what I'm very, here for, Dave. Yes, yeah, right. So, like, there's there's a whole uh, monologue in The Dark Knight that the Joker gives about, like, being a dog chasing cars and what would I do if I caught it? And that's this character here. She has no idea. I don't think she has any real plan. She just, like, shows up and wants to see what will happen. And then she's placed in a situation where she could actually do something terrible or do something about it. And she kind of doesn't. Like, she's just like, oh, huh. So he's married to you. Okay. I guess I'll leave now. And it's like, what, She's, uh, what is happening? Kind of masculine in that initial conversation where, and you don't often see this from uh, the female perspective, but I greatly enjoyed it, where her initial assessment of this new woman is that she must be good in bed. That's the right. reason I've been replaced. Not because I was in prison <laughs> for, for years and this man moved across the country. I also love that Perkins, it's a throwaway bit when his wife is the reasonable expectation is you know, this person explain yourself why she's in our home. Why no. is she destroying our uh, yard work? Uh, she's screaming at me and then demanding, don't touch me when she, <laughs> she breaks into my house. Uh, he says, well, you know, uh, that was when I was in New York. And it's like, what does that mean? What? <laughs> what is That's just a catch-all the, for this crazy sh- bullshit? The shit that Anthony Perkins gets away with in this movie from his wife, like, and boggles you, my mind. You call him a nice guy. And I'm like, Dave, I, I worry for you when you enter the dating scene. No, I mean, what, he, has crazy... the, he has the presence of a nice guy, but there's shitty stuff underneath. Dave's going to find he... a nice New Yorker, and then all manner of bullshit will be excused. Because they're like, well, Dave, that was my New York time you know uh, well, people are just gonna show okay. up at the house <laughs> and scream at you that's my line i think that's the <laughs> that's the barrier for me nope uh like even that sequence where you know she wants to press charges as she should um and he's like let me talk to her let me let me talk to this crazy lady first and then like just basically tells her like nah we're not gonna do that it's fine and i'm like oh that would never fly like maybe that's why she come back with oh is it because she's good in bed is that why right? you said because she's a good fuck is that <laughs> why like it's just like yeah there's a lot in this movie and it, it's one of the few movies that like I really enjoy and I can totally understand having a negative review of this movie like there is a lot there's a lot going on here where I'm like. Yeah, I could see that getting on my nerves uh, if I had been watching this in the wrong mood or in the wrong setup. Because there's it isn't a movie that even has a satisfying ending in any way. Oh uh, like, no, I loved it. Uh, <laughs> just you come in, you fuck stuff up for people, 
And then you're like, you know what? You're not good enough for me either. I'm going to go to another <laughs> town, start this whole process over. I've got a long list of ex-boyfriends. I'm just Jilted check and, lovers. Check and see if they're married now. And, uh, and I guess compliment slash attack uh, their wives. Well, I mean, I guess in the sense of, like, as I mentioned earlier, this kind of expectation you have of the erotic thriller where there's going to be some huge standoff and someone dies or someone gets injured. Yeah, exactly. And this is not that movie. Like, it just like, she's like, yeah, okay, I did my little bit uh, in this little podunk town. Now I'm going to go on to the next name on my list. It's a, it's a very, like, nonviolent Kill Bill. Like, I'm just going to fuck up your life and then uh, go on to the next one. It's a, um, like a storm. That's come to town. That's what yeah. the chaplain is here. And then people are just going to pick up the wreckage of the, their, I guess, relationships they have, in particular this marriage. And yes, I, I agree with you. I think generally speaking, it would be uh, unsatisfying to modern audiences. I, I feel like maybe even in the 70s, but I don't know, it, it definitely has that 70s movie vibe. Oh, where yeah. It's like, here's just... Strangely, that that decade seems to have so many of these like slice of life movies that are pure genre fare. Like now, when we say oh, it's a slice of life thing, it's some sort of family melodrama or or something of that nature, where it's like this uh, indie darling that you know isn't quite big enough to have like Oscar aspirations, uh, but it just lets you check in. Um, on on a different lifestyle usually like small town or something rarely do we get that um you know something like get out for instance is very Mm -hmm. high has to be very high concept and sort of embrace the genre trappings to to make its statement um i don't know many thrillers that are not just uh popcorn fare uh that could then fit on something where your your response after watching it is like huh well, that's a that's a life I don't want. Like, <laughs> it was kind of nice to drop in on that, but yeah, I want no no part of that. And yeah, I I really dug it. I really dug the just that that small amount of time I have with these people that I do not want in my regular life, which is usually what I want in a Spider Man movie, where it's like mm-hmm. I don't want Mysterio to show up and attack right. me or my city. But there's enough distance from those films where it's like, Oh, I'm obviously seeing fantasy here and otherworldly characters, uh, even get out. It's like, you know, we're, we're getting into this sort of the mystical realm. Uh, here, this is something that very well could happen, but if it did, it would be like the weirdest fucking thing that happened in your life. <laughs> right. <laughs> it right. might as well be Mysterio showing up. And I, I think the thing that's interesting about you choosing this movie, um, for your side of this podcast is like, you know, never heard of this movie before, didn't know anything about it. And honestly, if you told me this was on the Criterion channel and it had an 89% on Rotten Tomatoes, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, it is in that weird middle range where I think depending on your mood, depending on what you expect from a movie like this, you know, I mentioned a couple times that it didn't have the trappings of your standard erotic thriller. And sometimes when you're really into a genre and it goes against that it can go one of two ways you could be like this is bullshit this is not what i signed up for or you can be like oh man they're really turning this on its head that's not how i expected this to end so if this showed up on the criterion channel i wouldn't be surprised by that at all like this feels like the type of movie that depending on the time it was released like i think because this is late 70s i think if this movie gets released like five years earlier it's it's much more well thought of and five uh, years later, it's probably not even made. Or oh, no, no way. Yeah. 80, 80, 
three, no way. Yeah. Uh, but if you release this in 73, like maybe maybe Alan Rudolph, the director who also wrote this, has a much broader and better career. Because I feel like this is a movie that challenges, and that is what I think of when I think of movies from the early 70s. It's movies that are kind of going against the grain and doing something different. And this movie really does and like has such an amazing lead performance from Geraldine Chaplin. Like this is like this is one for the ages. Like this is this is not something you can recreate. This is something that is completely of its moment and there's so few roles like that. Dave uh, Kerr of the Chicago Reader um says about her specifically, uh, the film isn't devoid of humor but its overriding tones are of passion and pain. Chaplin gives a performance that's so wired and immediate it almost hurts. Mm. Uh, which mm-hmm. I mean I I keep going back to Fatal Attraction because I think Glenn Close is so good. And what is yes. essentially a B movie, uh, I, I feel like <laughs> that one's far more successful and far more in the, the the pop culture conversation still this day. So much so that a film that comes out you know a decade prior, I kind of have to go to that uh, <laughs> more so than play Misty for me. But I kind of feel like uh, Glenn Close deserves this type of role. Is, I was wondering, like, do you it's think... far more sympathetic to to this uh, that character and doing similar things? Maybe not killing animals but stabbing a human in the neck with a pencil is also but the poor rabbit mike i mean that's (laughs) i mean i tend to agree with you because that that guy i believe it's the character that's like uh his quote is like hey baby what's the world without assholes and it's like yeah that guy's getting stabbed (laughs) yeah (laughs) i'm okay with that 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 guy in movie world needs to get stabbed that's fine (laughs) and i wonder if a movie like Fatal Attraction, which has become not only like, you know, one of the great performances of her career, uh, but also just so highly thought of, like, even though it is absolutely a B-movie, like that is a, you know, and I think if you break it down, most erotic thrillers are. I mean, I think that's that's where they go to. Do you think this gets remembered more fondly if it goes into that category and gives Geraldine Chaplin, you know, more to work with in terms of dramatics and excess whereas this is contained in so many ways yeah it's a it's a character that is showy and that she draws attention to herself but once she has your attention she doesn't offer up much in the way of motives or her or a particular viewpoint on the people that she's attacking or lashing out at um, right. Uh, she's uh, what you can say about fatal attraction is there there was a a transactional relationship uh and she doesn't feel like the other character has lived up to what was was promised to her now that the mm-hmm. disconnect is he doesn't feel like he's made any sort of promise um that also seems to be a running theme on my selections going back to uh, vanilla sky uh, with the cameron diaz monologue um but here <laughs> what's strange is that perkins he seems to know her well enough to know that he has to give her something or that he's still kind of attracted to her. Like he's married and he, Oh, I think he is a hundred percent. I think as you're watching it in the film, when they go out, uh, he offers to go out and get a drink with her. It's like, we basically need to, to reset and redefine what our relationship is. I've moved on, but I owe you the conversation. And then he, they proceed to order, the, every drink off the menu, like going bottom up, you know, like we're just yeah. going to tackle them all. And I'm watching it and I have been trained by so many movies that sometimes I don't give films the benefit of the doubt. And I think some people react that way of like, oh, this was this isn't what I was expecting. So you failed in some mm-hmm. way like this is these are the beats you hit. This is the genre you're playing in. 
I'm watching it and I'm still thinking, he, is he trying to get her drunk? Is this a trick, a ploy? Mm-hmm. Like he's going to do something uh, unseemly to her to rid her uh, of his life? No. He just wants to get drunk and possibly just get laid, have sex with her. He wants to get that close to the flame again. And what I loved about it is in that way, all she wants is victory. She wants him to admit that whatever relationship they had together was not a mistake and that he was interested in the New York days, that he's not totally put that life aside in this sort of settled in domestic life. And once she gets that acknowledged, hit the road <laughs> onto the next, the right. next thing. Uh, I, I, I dug the curveball, but I think that it makes people, it probably would make the general audience deeply uncomfortable mm-hmm. that she would stab someone in the throat, uh, that she would, you know, lie, cheat, steal, a stalk. And then all she needs is someone to say, yeah, my bad. You're, you're, you know what? Uh, you're pretty cool. I wouldn't mind, uh, uh, having a physical relationship with you again. And then it's on the road for her. Like that's it. I think it's people just don't believe that character would not go to her death in some way. Like, Oh, she's so unhinged that she would have to be killed. Uh, that's like, that. there's no place for her in society. This film seems to say that <laughs> there are people like this among us and you basically just need to have a conversation with them and then they can still go about their business. I don't think this woman is like, cured whatever that means i think she's right. always going to be an outsider <laughs> to the general public she's always oh, yeah. going to be the odd duck but for whatever reason for her to be so pot committed to anthony perkins there does come a point where she can let it go and in these type of films like glenn close failed traction posited that she always had to die like the original ending of that film was that she kills herself and audiences right. found that <laughs> says something about us distasteful audience <laughs> found that unsatisfying that this woman with mental health issues would take her life. Instead, uh, we want the other woman in the picture to kill her, put her to her death. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know what that says about us as a movie going audience members, but I greatly prefer remember my name. You greatly prefer it as a movie, uh, to, um, uh, to the Glenn close. Absolutely. Uh, fatal attraction. Yes. yes. Interesting. I, I don't think, I don't think I've seen – like I've seen Fatal Attraction, but I haven't seen it recently enough to have any opinion on it. Like I think I saw it when I was like 15. Um, so it's like decades ago. So yeah, I'm there like, for the, the titillation. You're like, hey, yeah. I bet there's nudity in this. But yeah, that's – I mean – I think I, there is. Nothing much has changed. I mean it's like in the decades past, I'm still kind of like, yeah. I think you get Douglas Butt in that, in the kitchen mm-hmm. uh, sink sequence, but uh, – unless it's a stunt butt of some sort, but – I'm, I'm going to give him the credit, give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Yeah. So I need to rewatch that uh, to see if I'm in the same boat. Cause I, I like this movie quite a bit, kind of more than, more than I expected to uh, given its rating and given its like lack of, avail- of availability. I thought like, well, maybe there's a reason uh, this movie isn't streaming anywhere, but it just is one that seems to have been lost to time. So I guess if, uh, if people have a uh, TCM, uh, they should try to, Search for this and see if uh, they can record it, because that is the only legal way you could get a hold of this. And I will be honest and say my way of getting this was not uh, so legal, uh, but at the very front of it, it's a Turner Classic movie. So we watched the same exact thing, <laughs> the same exact presentation, and I thought I think it's I worth it. Googled uh, "Remember My Name" and it is the uh, David Crosby. Yeah, so uh, so when I searched for it on my Apple TV, that's the only thing that came up, and I'm like, mm, that ain't it. I'm not watching that. So 
Yeah, remember my name, 1978, and um, <laughs> I go to videos, YouTube clips, because uh, it's like, usually for these podcasts, I am searching for like YouTube clips to, mm-hmm. to cut in, so that's great for this, uh, but what usually happens is they say, oh, here's a place to legally rent or purchase the whole film, and I am uh, scrolling, and I'm not yet, uh, not yet seeing it, <laughs> as far as that goes. <laughs> Um, so yes, uh, I apologize to people who may have interest in this. I'm looking at a website. I'm supposed to be the one that's giving them movies that are hard to find, Mike. This is. Yeah. Well, (laughs) you know, next time I'll give them Mortal Kombat or something. There you go. There you go, buddy. Um, (laughs) I'm pretty sure I'll look this up, um, to see if there was like a, uh, home video, uh, thing. And yeah, I'm, I just Googled DVD and, um, I'm hoping that if you get one, <laughs> uh, the first thing that comes up is ElvisDVDCollector.com. <laughs> Not a good sign. Uh, RareMovieCollector.com. Um, yeah, whatever this Elvis site is, uh, it says 995 add to cart, but I'm sure it's one of those like made to order uh, kind of mm-hmm. things. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe Dave was right, being a liar and a cheat as he is. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Perkins, a nice guy. Uh, not giving his family those res- residuals. See, this is the thing that's going to make me so uncomfortable when I finally do date someone again. Is Mike is going to meet them and just side eye them the whole time? Like, when's it coming? When is the <laughs> when's the shoe going to drop? I just know Dave, and I know he doesn't take care of himself, so I'm going to have to watch this one. <laughs> I am. Uh, I go to Amazon, and the first thing that comes up is a forty-two dollar uh, poster. Uh, with a fourteen dollar delivery uh, fee. Oof. Uh, come on now. I mean, I guess it's like if you're really searching for this, uh, like me, you're the particular person <laughs> that will part with his money for this. Uh, but no, Amazon. I was actually looking for a DVD copy. Uh, I don't think I'm gonna spend sixty bucks on getting this uh, sent. But it, it does have the great tagline that great I love. Tagline. So. Yep. I don't know, maybe. That and Psycho 98. Yeah, side by side. 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 You should put it in one frame together. Just this is your moment. (laughs) (laughs) And no one will get that but me. (laughs) (laughs) Because God knows everyone in your life doesn't listen to your podcasts. So I was going to say, yeah, in post-COVID time, if anyone comes into my little studio and they're like, oh, what what are those movies? Are those your favorites? And I'll be like, give me your phone. Here you go. And then I'll download this podcast. Yes. I explained myself in a half hour. Not well at that, so apologies to our listeners. Uh, I love this movie. Uh, 67% uh, is a travesty, but thank God it full, it was right there. Ooh, where I, could, I yeah. could select this. Had your moment. So uh, I don't really know what we're going to do as far as the uh, for the next episode because it's going to be yet another new release. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just a little behind the scenes, we're kind of recording this one a little far out. Um, I know we could go back to the well for Netflix because I think uh, the woman in the window uh, is dated for this upcoming weekend. <laughs> sure, it as is. Of this, um, <laughs> yes, and I feel like that would fall directly in my camp based on its delays. Uh, I read that it, the test screenings were horrific. Uh, I don't think that book was like a critically beloved thing. Uh, maybe Amy Adams suckers us in again, or maybe we find something better. Uh, like the time you've listened to this, Dave and I most assuredly have raved about Tiffany Haddish and Billy Crystal becoming a new <laughs> iconic pairing maybe. for uh, the silver screen. <laughs> Being very optimistic here. Yes. I like <laughs> this it. early recording. So 
If that is true, that'll be the first time we see a movie together that we have enjoyed. So that as it was always be... going to be, <laughs> Tiffany Haddish and Billy Crystal. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, but uh, coming up after that, uh, Dave will take us back to, I guess, a true classic, uh, but one that wasn't that uh, mm-hmm. well received, at least by its director. Uh, Touch of Evil will be the next uh, proper film for this podcast. Uh, and uh, also the very next thing we're getting ready to record right now. So I had it yeah. fresh Let's in my mind. Get to it. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I bring the true hits, and Dave has got whatever this is. some Orson Brown guy. face. Brown yeah. face. Yeah. That's what we're doing Oof. next. <laughs> yeah. You'll be desperate to get back to remember my name, I assure you. Very sex positive, very female positive. And here's Dave with. Uh, Charlton Heston at that yeah. round face. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You suck, so maybe you maybe by this time Mike will have posted some more pictures on our Instagram. You can follow us there at the offscreen death and on Twitter at offscreen death. Still shots from Remember My Name, and no one will know what the fuck they what are. What is this? It's gonna be photos you took of, with your camera at your TV. That's high quality stuff here. And I won't even crop it. I'll just, just, you'll see all my bullshit on the television. Wow, a lot of action figures in this shot. Yeah, so, uh, baseball. so follow us online for all of our bullshit. I think that is the perfect way to put it. Shut my mouth!